Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Unpredictably Elevated. My name is Chai. And I am Redeem Rebel. And today's theme is past lessons. Um, we don't really have a black history fact. Uh, we're just going to shoot into the lessons because this is going to be a long episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I've currently been right like so okay so for my 28th birthday i wrote 28 lessons that i've learned so far and i'm currently flushing those out on my blog um so we went through them and we chose five of them that we can that really resonate with us on a current everyday level mm -hmm. um so we're just going to start off with that we're just going to jump right into it. Um, so the first one is action is greater than words. Yeah. Um, to me, I resonate with that because you can say what you want to say, but at the end of the day, if you ain't doing it, what's the point of saying it? Yeah, I was reading an article on Monday that said, um, are you a dreamer or... Um, are you actually doing what you say you're going to do? So if you're if you're dreaming, it means that you have all of these great ideas, all of these visions, but you're not actually taking actions towards making those dreams come true where um, being action oriented is where you actually are implementing <coughs> um, small things every day to get yourself um, get yourself ready and prepared for the dream and I realized for me I'm a dreamer I dream a lot because it's so much easier to dream so much easier to be lost into that in that thought in that mind space or that headspace that when it actually comes to work it's like Ugh, I'd rather not <laughs> I think that's with a lot of things like there's just so many things we just would rather not do and dreaming is so easy like it's so easy to just go like you look forward to going to sleep because you just want to dream like you just want to mm -hmm. stay in your dreams like, like that's why that virtual reality there's a couple movies that highlight that where you just go into this um virtual setting that you create and you're literally living like that like you pay to live in a reality that's not real and we would just rather that because our real lives, we don't want to do anything. Suck. But the thing is that you can make it less sucky. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like life is about making it less sucky. Because yeah, it's always going to suck. Like, there's always going to be something that you can't control happening. And if you continue to just be like, well, I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to dream or I'm just going to just be here if i lay here <laughs> if i just lay here exactly yeah <laughs> yeah that's that's how it feels but we have to put we have to we have to this goes also in relationships so when i wrote the actions are greater than words that was also pertaining to relationships because I've been manipulated into believing that someone else's words were greater than their actions. Mm, speak on it. And it was, um, it, it's, the manipulation gets surreal. And this is why I feel like this, really, there should be a course on relationships in middle school. Because when you get to high school and college, like, if people... And this is the thing, you don't have to study manipulation. Some people are just really good at it. And they don't they don't know what they're doing until they get what they want. And then they realize that they can if they say or do certain things that they get what they want in return, they keep doing it. So some people are oblivious. I mean they're not oblivious because they know that they're manipulating you into what doing it. But wrong. they're but they're not consciously like, oh, I'm manipulating this person. And therefore, if I go to that person, like, oh, you're manipulating me, you're doing this, this, and this, and like, no, you're, no, I'm not. It's kind of like they're in denial. 
but it's like they really don't know that what they're doing is called manipulation because they've been doing it for so long they were just naturals at it um that's i feel like that's also something that's passed on um like if your parents do it if you see your parents do it you're ten you're to me i feel like you're more likely to do it as well but that's just in my past experience but um you can be manipulated into thinking that someone's words are more important than they make you feel like if you worry about their actions they're like oh no but i said this or you know i said i was going to do this and it kind of i don't know how to explain it i don't really want to go back into the relationship stuff um because that's something i'm currently dealing with but that is a thing and so with that lesson i learned that i need to watch people's actions and that people's actions tell me what they think or what they what they what is really important to them so like with for example with my current partner like i have to realize that his actions i'm i'm waiting on his words to like fail me but what i'm not realizing is that he's showing me everything that i need to know currently Mm -hmm. um but it's just like i don't want to believe his actions i want to i don't know it's it's for me it's complicated but i know that i need to start looking at his actions to to tell me like what how important i am to him or whatever yeah um and not just trying to rely on words and feeling that I put too much importance on words instead of actions. I think I do the same thing too. I feel like mainly for me because I talk a good game and it's like or people can talk a good game and they make you really believe what they're gonna say, what they're saying and you like, dang, you know, but that is true, actions are. Sometimes you talk so much that you forget about the actions. At least for me speaking, like, <clears throat> I for me, I know this is this is kind of off topic, but it's it's gonna get to my point. All right, so this is a boxer named Adrian Broner, and Adrian Broner, a lot of people call him arrogant, uh, flamboyant. He talks a lot of talks a lot of shit, and in, in 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 the physical sense, he does talk a lot of shit. I only say this because he's a Leo, and I feel like I know a little bit of what we do. So he always gets in, he always has fights coming up, and he always says that he's gonna defeat his opponent. But every time the fight happens, he always loses. So people are like, man, we're not listening to you no more, man. You're talking all this junk, but you keep losing. But if you look at Adrian, if you really look at him, this man believes the words that he's going to say. But when he says it, people are like, anybody listening to you, man. And it's like, but in his mind, he believes everything he's going to say. And it's like, on one hand, you feel like sometimes believing in yourself can have you looking crazy because, you know, Who's to say that you're all going to win, but you believe you're going to win. But it's also like, it'll make you look crazy because you get so focused that you hyping yourself up and you're doing all of this extra stuff to where you forget that you have to practice, you have to train, like you actually have to do the work. And it's like, I know for me personally, I can talk so much game, uh, I could really hype myself up, have, my, have me believing in myself to where I feel like... It's gonna happen like it's just gonna fall out the sky and it's like like when you say yeah you be talking I, because i'm like in my mind I, I believe truly in my heart that i'm going to be successful so to me it feels like i don't have to do nothing because i know it's gonna happen but it's like you say you keep saying that but you're not doing anything to ensure that you're going to be successful so you can really put everything you have into the words and forget that there are actions that actually need to be taken and that the shit's not just going to fall out of the sky and that's just something that i'm having to realize like this world is not a genie although sometimes i wish it was yeah yeah sometimes i really wish it was like just luck because you know there's some people that are just lucky bro like they don't have to work hard at anything shit just happens and it's like dang but that's not reality but we don't know the backstory on that yeah we don't know like what they've done or you know what went into what you think it did some voodoo or some shit <laughs> no i don't no we're not gonna get into voodoo but 
Like Beyonce, do you think Beyonce? Well, nah, she put work. In she her put. Shit. She put. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah. never mind. I was but, gonna say because some people be like, man, Beyonce's so lucky. But then you think about it, you like, oh hell no. Nah, nah she's been working just like Serena and Venus. Like they've been working since they was kids. Like yeah, they were protégés. They barely didn't even have no childhood. Just so they can get to where they are now. So just, just, just think about that. <laughs> Imagine all the stuff we did as a kid, not being able to do. I'm granted, we there wasn't that much we could do as kids, but like, imagine like all the stuff we were doing, going to Girl Scouts and all this stuff, and then not having to do any of that because we needed to practice our craft because we knew that it was going to pay off one day. I don't know. I feel I'm like you can like, make up for that when you never gonna get that child that childhood back like you can do it as an adult i feel like what michael jackson did he built a theme park yeah and then everybody started calling him a pervert okay but before we talking pre-perversion perverted perversion he built a theme park and he literally michael jackson was so rich that he could buy he could, he could literally buy a theme park make his own theme park i feel like i will make up for it then because all that work is paid off yeah, but it's, I feel like it's never going to equate to you being at the age. That's why I really want to be present at this age, being 28, being in a relationship and not worried about getting married or having kids. Because once all those things happen, that's it. Like, yeah, that is true. You're not going to get that time back. You can. Yeah, you can get a babysitter and all that stuff, but it's not going to be the same as where we are right now. Yeah. That is true. Alright, so lesson number two. You cannot heal other people. Bro, that was a hard one for me to get. It's it was so hard for me to get. Cause I want to fix it. Yes. I have a savior complex where I just want to like help everybody. But it's just like you can't do that. Like, that's not your one. That's not your responsibility. Two, you can't do it. Like, you can't make that person heal. Like, you can't fix those per that person's perspective or their, you know, their habits. None of that. And that was a very hard lesson lesson for me to learn because I'm like, well. If I if I give you all the information, if I do all the research for you and hand it to you on a silver platter, you should be able to pick it up and read through it and do it. But it's just like you have to want to do that. And I got to the point where like there was one um, there was one situation where this person asked me to look up all this stuff for them because they knew like I was good at gathering research and putting it all together and they were like oh yeah like just can you do this for me because you do it so well that was another manipulative person and and then we can get together and go over it because i really want to change and blah, blah blah but i just don't know where to go whatever and i was like you know what yeah i'll do this i'm already in the process of doing something like this so let me just tack on this extra thing i did everything bro it looked so nice like, though I had everything set out like I was a counselor or some shit. Like, it was crazy. And then, so I'm like, yeah, I don't know how you want to do this, but I have this, this, and this, and just read these. Like, I printed shit out and everything, bro. And it was just like, I checked back in a week later. So, have you done, have you filled anything out? Have you done anything? No, like, they literally just put it up in their closet and never looked at it again and i'm just like so what was the fucking point of me of you asking me to me it's like if you come to me you're asking me for my help that i feel like you're ready to get you know what i'm saying like i didn't come to you and say hey you want to do this thing no you came and asked me to do this and i did it but you had no you were not ready at all to commit to anything so it's just like you can't you can't heal nobody like you you can't yeah. force nobody into committing to anything you can give them all the information so it's like yeah I, i'm happy that 
I gave him the information. I was able to put it in a concise format for him to follow or whatever. But I felt like since I did that, then it was going to go smoothly. And it didn't. So it's just like you have to have boundaries. Yeah. I don't know. That was a, just a real... And sometimes I still struggle with that because I want to help people. I want to just like, I want everybody to feel good. Like, I don't want people to like, Suffer. yeah, like, it's just difficult. Like you, you want, you don't want to see, especially people around you that you care about. You don't want to see them struggling on something that you feel you can help them with or at least give them more information about. Mm -hmm. But it's at the same time, that same information is at their fingertips as well. Yeah, it's just a matter of how bad do you want it. Right. So it must not be too bad if, you know, they, you know, I mean, not to say it is not too bad, but It's, I don't know, like, they, I mean, they don't, they don't want it bad enough. Cause to me, I mean, I guess everybody's different. So obviously I'm only speaking to myself. Like, like I told, was telling you earlier, you have to get to a point where it's just like, I'm done. Like you have to get to that point. Everybody's breaking point is different. Everybody takes, you know, people longer or whatever. But you have to let that person get to that by themselves. So you can see somebody go through something over and over and over and over again. Yeah, you may be tired of hearing about it. They, <laughs> they still need your support, you know. Yeah. They don't need you being, you know, in their face about it. But you have to realize that it takes... You don't know how long it's going to take for them to get to that point where they're like, okay, I'm ready. Like, I need to change. Like, I need... Um, you know to do something about this because i'm tired of going through this same situation over again i feel like i've had that many times but then habits get you going get you going back again and i think people i think people want to change well i feel like there's two categories of people there are people who say oh yeah yeah i want to change then they're like mm. They see everything that it takes and they're like, uh, I don't know. And then there are people who are, who do the work for a little bit, then see no results or get discouraged and they kind of go back. See, then, that's, I think sometimes that's cycle. me. Yeah. It's a cycle and it's like, okay, because as humans, we get, we get bored very easily anyway. So it's like, who wants to just continue to go through the same shit but at the same time if you think about it some of us have been going through the same shit for years and years and years like or maybe you're just not even aware of the shit that you're going through because you're so in it mm -hmm. but you definitely can't fix anybody and that's that is the hardest thing because it's like damn Rhapsody said in her song she said when you want uh, when you want it more than they want it for themselves it's like, damn. Yeah. I remember that. What song is that? I can't remember, but I remember what you're talking scared, about. Scared to Grow Wings. Uh, she'll join us, Truth. Oh. Or her and J. Cole. But yeah. Um, it's, it's, yeah. It's complicated. And... leaving people alone doesn't make you a bad person and that's what i was going through um as well because i felt like oh well if i just stop um then i feel like a bad person but it's like no that's not it like i had another situation where i feel like when people go through when people go through my um situations and they come to me because you know you just you want to vent like you have your friends and you just go to them just to vent or whatever mm -hmm. whenever someone would come to me i would assume that they would want help because whenever i went to some 
someone like if i'm taking my problems to you that means i want you to help me to go through them that doesn't mean i'm just sitting you talking for no reason i'll keep i'd rather keep that to myself well so you're not a venter no if i'm going to vent because to me venting does nothing but cause more self-pity that's me personally if i'm venting to you without any um like i'm not trying to solve anything and that's why i try not to tell more than two people of my problems because if you're telling more if you're telling every single person not every single person but like say for example you have six a group of six friends and you have to tell every person what your problem is you don't want help you just want to like cause a reaction within people yeah so if i tell two people it's like okay i'm telling these two people because i need some opinions um i need to see if i'm overreacting or if my feelings are valid like i want feedback you know what i'm saying yeah that's true i can i can agree with that but there was a situation where um this person texted me all their problems and i'm just like okay i'm trying to give them like a positive pep talk and all this stuff and it kind of like snapped at me it wasn't like a super snap but it was just like bro i just want you to listen to me i don't want all of your suggestions and i'm like well damn isn't that why you texted me and they're like no i just want to vent and i'm like Ugh. like you just want me to listen to your problems yeah but it's like that's sometimes what being you need a to friend talk to is me. sometimes you need to just get that shit off your chest i mean yeah i guess i understand that but at me it's like you're just dumping your problems on me. And then I'm just sitting here like, what do I do? Like Nothing. Yeah, but that's hard, that's hard for me to do. Like, you want me to write you a letter? Sing you a song? Tell you? Because I know people don't like being like, oh, everything's going to be okay. No, it's not. Like, who likes hearing that? You know what I'm saying? Like, so it's just like, what am I supposed to do? Like, I don't know what to do in situations where people are, like, venting. Or, like, there's one this one person, this, this person, one of my friends, like, she was, like, crying or whatever. And I was just sitting there because I don't, I don't know what you want to do. You want me to pat you on your back? <laughs> Bruh, just, like, maybe a was, hug or Like, something. she was mad the next day and was like, you didn't even do anything. You didn't try. I don't know what to do. I'm sorry. We didn't ever get to this point in our relationship. It was like, what do you do when you're crying? Like... I don't know. Oh, that's hilarious. I think the natural thing, <laughs> sorry, the natural thing to do is to maybe put your arm around them, rub them on the shoulder, like, what do you want somebody to do when you're crying? I would rather not cry in front of people. Well, you do, because that time we got in a fight in that Uber, bro, you just broke out in tears. Because, bro, like, that, I was just, like, ready to get out of there. Most of the time when I'm crying, it's because I'm angry and I don't know how to control my anger. So you were angry then? Yeah. <coughs> Need water? <coughs> Hiccups. But yeah, anyways. Yeah, I just, I don't know what to do. But now I know that, you know, people just like to vent sometimes. And sometimes they want a little bit of uh, affection, which is very hard to me to give. So that pat on the back, it's hard for me because I'm like... So if mama was crying... You saw when she was crying. I literally was looking at her, looking at her like, "What are you doing?" But the thing is, is that when I'm crying and I want her to respond, it's like I'm expecting her to comfort me because she's my mom. Right. I feel like what that's she what she's the same way. Like, yeah, but she keeps saying, "I'm the parent. I ain't your little friend." So okay, so what am I saying? Why you're crying? But she says that in like in general. So it's just like okay, so if I'm not your friend. And I'm just a kid. I don't know how to comfort a grown person. Mommy, it's gonna be okay. That's we what never, children say. Oh, well, I never experienced that. Cause it's always stay out of grown folks' business. Well, Mama really didn't really cry in front of us anyway. There's only a few times where she actually cried, but she kept that shit under wraps. Yeah, she kept all the emotions under wraps. It's pretty good though. I can't lie. How was that pretty good? Now we're not we're unemotional. So I'm not saying like it's it was healthy, but I'm saying like she did a great job of doing that because I me, mean, yeah. But like, now damn. we we it's hard for us to see her as human. 
Well, when this last conversation we had when she cried, I was able to open myself yeah, up. Yeah, I saw me. that. I was like, oh, she's hugging. Cool. I don't have to do it. But it was one time when she was crying and like I was in the room and like they was like, just hug yourself and cry. And I heard that and I was like, maybe I should go in there and like, so she's not alone, but I just opted to act like I didn't hear what was going on. Wow. Was, it's the same thing, bro. Like, so it's like, yeah, just being emotional. It's like, I mean, yeah, it's difficult, but it's needed. Stop doing that I'm gonna put you on blast <laughs> do it again I'm gonna put you on blast whatever bro back to what we were talking about I'm showing love okay that's not how you show love yes it is animals receive affection they're alright guys so she's getting on me because I'm licking her cat because animals show affection by licking like any animal if they lick you that means they're showing they're grooming or grooming you that's the way of showing affection. So since we're talking about affection for parents, he's not my child per se. He's my nephew. So I can show him affection, the affection that I wasn't given as a child to the cat. Because... Just don't lick my cat. At all? At all. He that's like it. that's like putting your cat on the kitchen counter. Why? Oh, hell no. Nah. Yeah, that's how I feel. <laughs> No, it's not the same thing. That's how I feel. Alright, how does this relate to past lessons? It doesn't. (laughs) (laughs) We can find a way to tie it in there, though. So, in the past lessons, I feel like, for me, as far as animals go, I was never really affectionate with animals. But with these animals, I've opened myself up to being more sensitive and affectionate with them even though I still kind of kick them to the curb I'm more open to them being in my face mainly because Simba just hops on my chest and just plants himself yeah Simba is my baby that's why I want you to stop licking him so I couldn't actually kiss my niece or nephew you wouldn't be licking them no I wouldn't do that okay then he's an animal that uh, what what's the difference? We're animals. I mean, technically, yes, but <laughs> technically, you need to stop. Technically, we're not animals, though. So what are we? Humans. But Evolved what are animals. we? We're mammals, <laughs> which are animals. Which are evolved. It doesn't matter. Just because we can't understand although, what they mean. Although animals, cats specifically, have two layers of their brains just like humans do. Which means the bottom is for survival and the top is for emotion, thinking, and stuff like that. So, I guess. Anyways. I guess that goes into our next lesson. Pets are children. <laughs> yeah, I think you've taught me that mostly because... I realized how abusive I was through Dee Dee. Like, just yelling at her and all of that shit. Just yelling at her and kicking her off the bed and stuff. I realized, uh, like, how she's she walks on eggshells when I'm in a room. Like, she's just waiting for me to either yell or to see what I'm going to do next. I was like, damn, that says something. So that's that's a lesson. And I'd be looking at her like, when she dies, will I be sad? I would be very sad. So it's like, damn, I need to treat her better. Mm-hmm. And I know there's a whole group of people out there. I recently heard this this past Mother's Day where people were just like, and don't say that you're a, uh, a mom just because you have pets. It's like, okay, I understand you actually f- birth your child like out of your body. I understand that. I get that. But guess what? There are parents who don't birth their children. They adopt them. Or, you know, they have surrogates or whatever the case may be. There are other ways to have children. So it's just like having a pet, that's one, it's a responsibility. Two, when you have a kitten or a puppy and you gotta make sure that thing is fed. Like if you get them to the point where they're like super young and like um, we got Callie at about 
Not Cali. I keep mixing up. We got Sarabi at about five, six weeks. When I tell you that child like went, got, she was up every, <sighs> not every, but just very early in the morning, bro. Yeah, but there'll be but times crying, in the middle dog. of the night where she would just be crying for no reason. Like, yeah, and her cry is so fucking, it's annoying. really high pitched. Yeah. Um, you've probably heard of heard her in the podcast crying out in the background. Uh, I think in the in the first couple ones she was vocal. She sleeps somewhere right now, but but yeah. So it's just like you learn so much from pets. Like you learn about responsibility. You learn about paying vet bills, taking care of them. Um, like you learn so much about your animal about their mannerisms their characteristics what they like to do what they don't like to do what they like to eat what they don't like to eat what flavors they like what flavors they don't like uh the like even down to like what litters are good for them um you know there's just so much like when i went um to atlanta for my best friend um she brought pepper um. yes so uh, it was awesome. Like I haven't seen Pepper in so uh, since I moved to Jacksonville, so about six months now. And um, you know, just talking because he had um, some food issues, and just like just talking about his food issues and talking about uh, his allergies and his scratching and all of that stuff. And it's just like it's just like when you go to the park on a play date and you're updating the other person on your kid, and it's just like to me, I find it. Like, I really find it disrespectful that, oh, now we can't say that our pets are like children because that offends people who had to birth their actual children. And it's just I like... I think that's offensive. Well, there's people out there that, that literally say that. They're like, no, don't say that your pets are children. Like, someone made a whole post about it, and they were, like, commenting on it and stuff. I'm just like... To me, they're children because I have to be taught responsibility. Like, this teaches me. Obviously, I know it's going to be harder. Duh. Like, I'm not saying it's exactly like having a child. But it is very similar. They are little children. You have to take care of them. Like, you can't go anywhere. You can't plan a vacation without making sure that they're taken care of before beforehand. You can't just leave. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. To me, that equates to children. You can't just leave your children you have to find a babysitter somebody to watch them or whatever like so i, under, I understand you know they pets they say pets have more rights than humans do anyway they yeah there there are a lot of laws on like i didn't know they had like actual medical insurance mm -hmm. and fucking life insurance on pets i'm like bruh it is never that serious well some people did serious some people want to do everything they can to save their their um fur babies yeah, I'll just bury their ass in the backyard or something. I mean, yeah. That's what, you know, people do. But some people want to, like, cremate them or whatever. That costs money. So if you have an actual, like, insurance plan for them, then that helps with the, some of the expenses. Like, I really want to get to the point where I can get um, health insurance for for them because coming out of pocket when when somebody had that UTI that that was like a thousand dollars and then they guilt you though okay so I went to there was an emergency vet in Tampa that I went to and they basically said that if I took him home and tried to do any kind of natural remedy that he was going to die they literally told me if you take <laughs> him home they're like if you take him home he's going to die so you should you might as well just pay the money and I was just like well damn like I, I just but felt so bad. Truth? I don't know. I mean, he was in there for a week. They could have been being honest, though. Yeah, but you're going to tell me that my pet is going to die? Like, literally die. But what if that was the case, though? I just if he was in there for a week, that's a long-ass time. It is a long time. And I had to, like, it wasn't even... It was The thing is, is that that was an emergency vet so I still had to go to my primary vet during the day so I, every day I had to go pick him up from the overnight vet 
take him to my primary vet. So I have two bills. Damn. Because they didn't keep them during the day. They only kept them overnight. So during the day when he was just at the house? No, during the day he was at the, the, the my primary vet. And then when they closed, I had to go pick them up and pick them up and bring them back to the emergency vet so he can finish his treatment. That's OD. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's still on my credit to this day. Well, at least it's healthy now. I'm sure he thanks you for it. Oh, spoiled ass. Bro, my sister takes pet, pets or children to the extreme, but she talks to this man and he literally talks back like Simba has Simba's a human he has too much sense okay? the thing He's is that animals sporty. have sense we think that animals don't have sense that they just because we can't hear their language doesn't mean that they're dumb like well, they damn sure not dumb because they have to survive off of instincts but it's like you don't expect an animal to outsmart your ass like don't expect that so it's like when they do it's like wow yeah like he'll talk, she just spoils him. Like he'll just hop up on you. Look at him now, just walking across. He'll put your butt in his face. And like she gets very upset. She's very defensive about animals in general, which I understand. But it's, I think she takes pet, pets are children to the extreme. You know, like. How is it an extreme? Bruh. You wouldn't do everything you can for your pet? If you decided to get a pet, you won't just half-ass it and just be like, here's your food, here's your water, and just go live. I've been doing that, bro. Yeah, I know. <laughs> to the rabbit. And I don't calm her because she licks herself. She's good. What was she doing in the wild? What would she be doing in the wild? Licking herself. But she's not in the wild. <sighs> but still, I make sure she's safe. I don't want her to get to die. I make sure she's cool, air-conditioned, or if it's cold, she got heat. Make sure she got clean water. You know what you sound like? Good food. What? You sound like mothers all across the world who think because they give financial aspects to their children that they don't have to give emotionally and mentally. Yeah, nah. I never, when it came to an animal, I never actually thought about that. I mean, I thought we playing with them, laying with them, being affectionate with them and stuff. But that's about it. Go on about your business. That's just what it is. It's kind of difficult for a rabbit, but they say rabbits are actually very, uh, very outgoing and friendly. Ah, uh, yeah, she takes food right off my plate. Yeah, she's she. she I have some form of emotional attachment to her. Yeah, because her you think that's funny. <laughs> no, because she does cute things. So it's like oh. the only cute thing she does is when she yawns. That nah, is the her cutest taking, thing. Her taking your food is cute. When she's hungry, she'll run up under your feet. Or she'll run up to you because she knows it's time to eat. I think that's cute. After that, she'll let you pet her for a little bit, you know. But that's about it. Even Jax. Jax is cute. He'll have his moments of it's like, oh. So I have some I have some form of emotional attachment. Like, I'll cry if they die. But that's about it, bro. Or if they get hurt, I'll be emotional. But then I'll get over it because it's like, okay, it's just an animal. So I haven't really gotten to your level yet or just to that level where but I do believe when you say pets are children because it does teach you responsibility just on a milder scale you know mm. I was gonna say you can't go to jail for messing up your animals but you damn sure can yep remember we used to watch animal, animal hospital no it was um the ASPCA or something mm -hmm. the animal police oh yeah 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 yep on this animal plant mm-hmm yeah. Excuse you. I covered my mouth. So, I know probably y'all probably like, wow, y'all just talked about pets for like a whole section. But yeah, that's a lesson because there was a point where I wasn't taking caring, I wasn't taking care of my baby Simba, and. I was working like 12 hour shifts. I would come home, feed him and get in the bed. Like I wasn't giving him any type of affection or anything like that. And I remember specifically one night I came home and he had eaten, but he was still restless and, 
you know, I wanted to do something else and I just picked him up and I rocked him and I was just like, this is what it's going to be like to have kids. I'm going to have to stop what I'm doing to give them the affection that they need before I can do anything that I want to do. And so it's just like from that point forward, I was like, I need to be more present in my relationship with him because... You know, he's here. He doesn't have to be here. He can be at a family that's going to give him that affection. But he's here with me. So it's just like I want to be able to give him what he needs and not just give him the security of having a place over his head and food and water and a clean litter box. Like, I want to give him affection. Like, I want him to enjoy, you know, my company and not just be like, oh, she's just going to, like, you know, kick me off the bed or you know all this whatever yeah and so that's why you know he <clears throat> he comes and now when i go like this like he's starting to like come when i do that so it's just like now we have like our own little language and i don't have to i can just go like this like open my hand op i'm like opening my hand like a um like a child a young child that says gimme and he comes and he'll come to me and I'm just like, you know, we have our own little language that we're establishing. Cool. So, you know, when you have affection, that's how it works and that's how it's going to work when you have kids. Like you have to create, no matter how many kids you have, you have to create a safe space for you and them to receive and give affection toward each other. Um, because you have to have that one-on-one -on -one time like if you give it to one kid and not the other kid like that's why when I come home I pick each one of them up except the rabbit she doesn't be, like to be held we just rub her yeah because I I get that and like give them each attention because when we brought the kitten home if you brought the and this this is real this is real life this is why they're like kids you brought we brought the kitten home it's like oh we were paying so much attention to the kitten and we weren't really paying attention to Jackson Simba and it's like they would be in the background just staring at us <laughs> it's like that's what happens like when you have a new baby you're so much attention is going into the new baby you can easily if you're not present you can easily kind of like your other kids go to the background so it's just like you have to you have to you know learn that you need to be able to balance that you once you have a baby it's like cool you have a new baby but you know you need to involve your other kids and you need to spend time with your other kids too and not just absorb yourself in the new baby because it's super yeah. easy to do that it's i feel it's super easy to do that yeah. because it's like oh my gosh new baby it needs to be fed i'm tired like i'm healing this is new but yeah. it's like you have other kids, you know? Yeah. But um so that's what I'm learning from my babies. But I'm also learning that time is currency. Yeah. It's like that movie, what's that movie with um was it Justin Timberlake and uh the girl from uh, uh she wore the A the one that had the help huh oh yes 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 I'm not easy sure. a whatever i don't know whatever her girl is whatever her yeah, name is easier. yeah i think it was them two in the movie something time i thought you were talking about friends with benefits but that's me oh no yeah whatever that movie is called i forgot but basically everything like food and all of that was based off of how much time you had i think it was like on your wrist or something mm-hmm and like all the rich people like lived in the upper parts of whatever world they lived in, but they had a whole bunch of time. You know, they had like millions and millions, millions and millions of time. And then all the poor people were like scrounging um, because they had no time. And if you didn't, if you ran out of time, you died. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> so it was, you worked for time and all that stuff. So it's just like, Time is currency, so for me, I was upset because I have to work two weeks to get seven hours of PTO, but my shift was 10 hours long, so I would have to work a whole month just to get one full shift, one day. I would have to work a full month just to get one 
day. And it's like the amount of hours that you get per paycheck only went up the amount of years that you were there. So if I think if I would have made it to five years, I think it would have went up to, um, yeah, the, the amount of time, the amount of hours that you get. Five years? Yes, the amount of hours that you get per period, per period only went up the amount of years that you were at the company. The only thing that was what that you got more of every year was we got a three percent raise depending on your review every year. So you you would get a raise in the amount that you made, but as far as your overtime or not your overtime, I'm sorry, the as far as your PTO, like that number didn't go up until you were there for a certain amount of years. So I think for me it was like seven point I think I wanna say seven point six four or something like that. Something like that that I got per pay period. And it was like, damn, like first of all, it was only two of us working. So to take a vacation off, we would only we really only were allowed to take let me see, the most we could stretch it was like twelve days, so about two weeks. Mm -hmm. Um but that was very rare. That was very rare for us to take a full two weeks off. Usually it was just like one week. Because we could kind of put it to where you're not really taking off days. Not that many days anyways. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like, that's that's one thing that made me upset. Because I was just like, I have to work for time off. And then I can't even take time off when I want to. I have to get it approved. So I was just like, time is currency, and I want more time. In order to have more time, like, I need to, like, make some shit happen because... That is true. I don't want to spend the rest of my life working... For time. For time. I can relate to that. I waste a lot of time. Because you don't... It's like you believe you know that time is valuable, I feel like life is the sickest game ever created, ever, because the rules are you can't go backwards, you can only go forward, you don't know when you're going to die. I mean, you don't know when you're going to die in the game either. Right, you don't know when you're going to die. You can either choose to live, or you can choose to die, or you can live physically, but still be dead inside. It's like... GD, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> dang. But that's something I have to work on because I waste a lot of time, and I don't, I don't look at time like that. In my mind, I have a whole bunch of time, but it's like, do I really? You know? Because I feel like I'm not gonna die until I get old. But it's like I can feel that way. But that again, it's just a feeling. It's not necessarily true. But it's like if I was to die tomorrow, I would be so disappointed in myself. Like I'd be dang, I'd be pissed. So that's time is something that I think I'm learning time through seeing mama, through seeing Didi, because Didi's hair, her ears is getting gray. Mama's hair, mama's getting more gray. And that's making me be like, damn. And I'm thinking more about like mama when she dies, not saying that she's going to die anytime soon, but she's reaching the end of her life. She's at the end of her life. Well, the second half of her life, you know. What I'm yeah, saying? I was about to say, dang, like not the end, but you know what I'm saying, like the second part of her life where she's getting older, her body's she can't do a lot of the things that she used to do. Cause you know, Mama, I've only seen Mama be strong. She was able to do everything, drive everywhere. She's starting to slow down now, you know. So it's like yeah. those things make me realize, like I need to be more sensitive to her, more open and more present during the times we spend together and it's like of course it's cool to think that but to actually act it out is different but it's like pause you what know. just had some technical difficulties right there but yeah but Do even Didi, Didi's getting older her, her hair is turning gray Looking at Simba. Simba's turn hair is turning gray. I know, my baby. And it's like, it's like, dang, you know, like, they're getting older. And it's like, 
what do you think? What are we going to do? Like, literally, when mama dies, bro, we, we are literally all that we have. Mama's like, I feel like mama is the glue that holds us together. But it's like, when she's gone, what the fuck are we going to do? You know what I'm saying? So it's like, you understand that the time that you have with people, I think that's a lesson that I'm learning that uh, time is of the essence with people. But I still, even though I know that I still manage to waste time or just let it slip through my fingers. So, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely, um, I mean, it's a difficult lesson because you have to be present enough to recognize that time is just passing. Like, I, I know you, like, just being at a job, like, your three year like for me personally my three year anniversary was coming up and i was just like Wait. where has the time gone like, i've just i've been at this job this one job for three years i know to some of you that's not a lot but to me that was a lot like i was just like what's going on i don't want to i don't want another three years to pass by and i'm still not do nothing with my life yeah because when to me if you're in a corporation job like you only have so many days off so it's like i i remember my vacations because i could only take every other thanksgiving and every other christmas off yeah, that i would make sure that at least ha your family. yeah and that's the thing like you can't you have to miss certain things and it's just i don't want to miss important events and it's like, I don't, when I have kids, I don't want to depend on how much time I have left before I have to go back. There's so many nurses that, like, they have to pump at work because they're still, they're, they had to come off maternity leave. Like, they ran oh, out of wow. maternity. They have to ran, they ran. I mean, you can pump for more than a year or so, but, like, after, after maternity leave, you have to go back. So it's just like, I only get so much of maternity leave and then I gotta leave my baby at home because I gotta work. And it's just like a lot of people don't have no choice. Like obviously they have to continue working. So you have to go back to work. And it's just like I wanna spend time with my baby. Like I don't want my job to dictate how long I can spend with them. That's true. That's crazy though. Even daddy too, looking at daddy. His hair is thinning out. Mm-hmm. He do that comb over. <laughs> be that little streaks. His shit. curls are still popping though. They are, but when he be trying to comb it over it, it be having like little streaks and then it curl at the end. <laughs> like Mr. Burns or something. Wow. But that is crazy that you have to breastfeed or you have to work. First of all, you have to work during your pregnancy. Yes, and I've I seen a lot of women who work all the way up until they can't work no more. And that's very sad. And it's like the society care about women get forgetting life. No, clearly. I feel like if I was married to a woman, like I wouldn't let her work like during the pregnancy. I mean, there's no letting. If she wants to work, she's gonna work. Right, but it's like as a husband, of course, most women, they don't wanna just sit in the fucking house all day or whatever. Right. whatever. But it's like you're carrying life, so. Or you see women walking. One of my coworkers, she had to walk. She was pregnant during her pregnancy, and she didn't want to have anybody to depend on, so she had to walk, catch the bus and stuff to her appointments and all that. I'm like, yo, what the hell? Like that's not that's not cool, bro. It's hot as hell. You know what I'm saying? Your ankles getting even more swole. I don't know. Things we waste time on. Yeah, there's a lot of things we waste time on. Um, I mean, just on dreaming. Like, so the next lesson is goals are just dreams without commitment and planning. Goals are just plans. Goals are just dreams without planning or commitment. But isn't goals some good? Yes, but they don't turn into actual goals 
until you actually put steps to them. If you just have goals, but not have you don't have no type of organization to it, it's just a dream. You have a dream. Yeah. Anyways, that's my lesson. So I had to start putting action to action steps to my goals to make them realistic and make them where I can put them into action. Because otherwise, I'm just dreaming. Like with the whole fashion thing with you. Remember when I put that all on the dry erase board? Like I still got that because that's 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 gonna happen. Like that was a dream that we put steps to so that it can become a reality. Yeah. But if you just I don't know. Cause I used to make a lot of like, oh, I want to do this, I want to do this, I want to do this, but I would never do anything. Just like those are dreams, you know. Those aren't goals. I sh I can't say I have goals, because if I had goals, then I would be trying to achieve them. True. I don't have goals. I have a whole bunch of dreams, things that I think I'm capable of, but don't actually want to put the work in to do. Yeah, I feel like that's everything. I'm saying life is the sickest game ever created. Literally, if you think about it. It can be the sickest game ever created. It's all in perspective, right? I guess. But I mean, yeah. Having steps. I actually never thought about that that way. I thought goals was you putting steps behind your dreams. But even still, if you don't have a right. vision, then you just, you don't even really know what you're working for or towards. Because it's like, once you reach that accomplishment, then it's like, okay, what next, you know? Well, yeah, that's, that's why you have to have like a mission. Well, really not even that, like you're, you have to live by service. If you say for the rest of, this is me personally, I say that I'm going to serve God's kingdom for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. There's nothing that I, there, there's, that's endless. There's always going to be people in this earth to, to help, to serve, to help, you know, serve God's kingdom with. There's never going to be, you know, a, what's the word? An ending to that. Yeah. It's like doctors or medicine. Like, there's as much as we have issues with obese right now. There's never going to. There's never going to be a point in time. Where there's net. That there's no more obese. You don't think so? No. So do you think cancer will never be cured? Honestly, I feel like we already have the cure to cancer. Right, but I'm saying, do you think it's ever going to be put out there? No, because we love greed and power too much. So do you think that we'll always be in a state of chaos? The it's, world will always be in a state of chaos? Yeah, until God wants to reset. Then wouldn't he just be starting all over again? Yeah, to see if we can get it right the next time. Well, I guess it depends on the person. Hmm? I said I guess it depends on the person. Because he had Adam. And even they fucked it up the first time. <laughs> Don't you think maybe the next couple they'll just be Just think about this though. And this is a sidetrack. But what if the goal was to get back to how it was before Adam and Eve ate the ate from the tree of wisdom or the tree of knowledge? I feel like that's you're exactly right in that in that theory though. Well it's not even a theory, I think that's the point. Because um, I was reading a devotional where it said when Adam and Eve were in the garden, they had control over mind, body, and spirit. And once they ate the apple, they lost control of that. So we're constantly trying to have control over our mind, body, and spirit now. So yeah, I think that you're right about that. Because we don't. Everything is separated. Well, it's not separated. Everything is together. 
but it's just instead of elevating we're de-elevating or de-escalating going down or getting worse yeah uh, we're definitely getting worse um but i don't know maybe we can be saved don't save her she don't want to be saved so our last lesson and i think this is personally this is the most important one surrendering is an everyday choice when i when i say surrendering Personally, I'm talking about surrendering to God every day, but you can surrender to commitment, surrender to... Um, That's what I need to do. What? Commitment? Yeah. Surrendering to... Yeah. But, yeah, to me, surrendering to God is an everyday choice because every day is a new day and you... Sometimes I feel like, oh, well, it should just be able to carry on. And that's why I'm really contemplating going to daily mass every day. Because I'm just like, Bruh. you try to, I said contemplating. But you got to feed your spirit, man, every day if you think about it. I know, but and it's only that's a personal, it's, it's a personal decision. Because on it, it depends on how... I guess it depends on how you do it. Like, if you receive the Eucharist on Sunday and you're able to tap into that Eucharist for the rest of the week, cool beans. But if you have the Eucharist and on day one, on Monday, all that spirit that you felt is gone and you need to go back to daily mass to get the Eucharist again, like, then do that. But you have to make that choice. Yeah. Um, so some people can go to Mass on Sunday and be able to tap into that spirit every day that they need to surrender. Yeah, because they're possibly also doing it at home, too. Right. And that's another thing, like, making sure that you have prayer time every day. Like, you need to at least have prayer time, prayer time every day. Um, you need to be tapping into your spirituality every day. I agree with that. And I think once you start doing that... <laughs> or you start becoming more spiritual, you'll realize how chaotic the world is. And so you'll crave that. You'll crave that feeling. Yes. And, and the thing is, is that, you know, I backslide right, like right now I'm in, the, I'm in a period of backsliding. Like not as far as church, I'm still going to church, but like as far as prayer, like I've definitely backslided in my prayer. That's why I started another prayer journal because to me, writing my prayers is, is, just better it works better for me than setting out a time where i say my prayers every night or every morning mm -hmm. so to me if i write in my prayer journal i can really just kind of let go and just write how you feel mm -hmm. you know just really yeah. have conversation they're like letters to god yeah because it's supposed to be like a conversation so i'm like hey what do you think about this or i don't know about this or like how you would your diary like kind of yeah i agree so um to me that's an everyday choice like going back to my prayer journal like, i haven't had one i finished my last one which i'm very proud of myself that i actually finished a whole journal like a whole notebook you gonna publish it no i'm not gonna put it publish it it's personal prayers it could be just for you why would i publish a whole book of personal information like no I mean, people do it. People don't publish their personal prayers. Like, you be you be just be saying stuff. It's not like an actual prayer. Like, you just be talking. Anyways. I mean, that's what my Angela did. The books of wisdom. I feel like that's not what she did. Bruh. Ain't nothing but God flowing through them damn poems and shit. I mean, yes, that's that's different, but like your actual prayer journal, like if I had a book of of poems like that I just wrote, then yeah, okay, cool. Like, cause that's what I'm planning to. Uh, that's what I'm planning on doing for God brought me here. Is 
Um, next year, I'm going to, because this year I'm working on my trauma book. But next year, I'm going to start a poetry book that's just God Brought Me Here poems. Okay. But um, to publish that, no, I'm not, I wouldn't do that. But anyways, that makes me surrender every day because I have to make the choice every day to write in it, to write my prayers. So, I mean, it's kind of the same thing as, um, you know, praying every day, like going back to that, having that as your center yeah, where you can rely on it. It's there, you know, he's always going to be there for you, but you have to let go. If I've never it's difficult because it's like nobody wants to.